0: You shall not have because because you went up to your father's bed and you defiled
1: it. He went up to my couch. So, he's going to kind of run through the sons. He's got the whole family together and give them each a blessing, though some of these are almost anti-blessings. Uh, but he starts with the oldest son, Reuben, and he says, "You're my firstborn, my might." The beginning of my strength, preeminent in dignity, preeminent in power. Sounds really good, promising, except for what? Verse four, uncontrolled. Yeah, he followed his impulsive feelings. He was as uncontrolled as water. How much self discipline does water have? Yeah. I mean, you know, have you ever seen water just decide to sort of just stand up in one spot uh, without some physical assistance? You know, you pour water out of a cup and it just kind of stacks up right there. <laughs> it doesn't work that way. Water will always find its own level. It it just acts on impulse. Um, there's there's no, there's no definition. There's no control. Well, that's the way Ruben was. He, he allowed himself to get carried away with his desire, passion, desire for power, whatever. And so he was ungovernable. You know, he was unreliable. You know, because he just he, he couldn't put a check on it. And specifically what had Reuben done? He had, he's the one that had taken his father's wife. Yeah, one of his concubines. Yeah, but one of his wives. That's exactly right. Chapter 35. So, you know, because you went up to your father's bed, then you defiled it. He went up to my couch. So, you know, Reuben doesn't really get a blessing per se. What would you say about the tribe of Reuben? Where, Where was Reuben's inheritance? Yes, outside the promised land. You know, it was Reuben, Gad, Manasseh. And um, what great men of Israel came from the tribe of Reuben? Can't think of any. No, there really wasn't hardly anything Reuben did that played much of a significant role at all in the development of the nation. Reuben was close to being the non-tribe. There isn't a lot about Reuben. So here he goes from being firstborn, but because he doesn't control his impulses, he becomes sort of the forgotten brother. Some pretty serious consequences for taking your father's concubine. Comments and questions on those verses?
0: All right, five to seven. Simeon and Levi are brothers, their swords are implements of violence. Let my soul not enter into their counsel. Let my let not my glory be united with their assembly. Because in their anger they slew men, and in their, ha- in their self-will they lamed oxen. Cursed be their anger, for it is fierce, and in their wrath for it is cruel. I will disperse them into Jacob and scatter them in Israel.
1: Alright, we deal with two at once here. Numbers 2 and 3, Simeon and Levi. <coughs> What was bad about them? They killed the whole city. Yeah, remember the slaughter of the Shechemites that deal with circumcision and all that. He sees these two brothers as being violent and self-willed and he's cursing their anger and their wrath and saying he's going to spread them out in Israel. He's not going to give them a territorial inheritance. Didn't Simeon receive a territorial territorial inheritance? Sorta. Of. Mm-hmm.
2: They were, they were, they
1: were engulfed yeah. by Judah. They just got some cities inside of Judah. They
3: were almost invited by Judah as Judah's action, rather than. Good point. Given their territory.
1: Yeah, you, it's exactly right. Simeon is really doesn't amount to much. Uh, so scattered and pretty insignificant from here on out, most of the time at least. Um, and Levi. Well, they were, they were spread out also with those 48 cities and the rest of the tribes. And he specifically says, you know, because of their, their slaying men and oxen in their anger. That's the reason why they were not going to get any of the passing out of the blessing or the right of the firstborn. That's yeah, a shame, too. You think about what it'd be like if you are number two in a family. Oh man, if I could only be number one, hey number one's out, it's your turn, well number two and three are out too because of their misbehavior, you know. So that's a high price to pay for knocking off the Shechemites and abusing circumcision to do it. Comments?
4: But Levi got to be the special tribe
1: because of the Golden Cat incident. Yes, uh, Levi was also scattered out. <laughs>
4: Like but scattered. it's a special servant
1: tribe. So, okay. Yeah. So their scattering actually served kind of a useful function for the nation. Whereas Simeon's, as far as I know, did not.
4: Right. What it it chapter is this? What was it?
1: 34.
3: Mm-hmm. Was it because of the golden calf? I would I would say no.
4: I thought it was because...
1: Not the golden... Yeah. said who they is s- with me. They stood
3: with him. Right, they did. But I would point to the fact that that I think God had already chosen Levi because he had already had Aaron from the tribe of Levi as the priest, and all
4: the
3: priests were from Levi, rather than saying, okay, because of this incident, this whatever incident, now Levi is going to be the priestly tribe. Mm That would be my only, I don't know.
1: Yeah, Yeah, you know, some of this stuff gets to be when it, when it comes to God, how do you know what comes first? <laughs> Maybe he chose them as the priestly tribe because he knew what they were going to do at that incident. <laughs> right. <laughs> you That's know. Right. right. But, but yeah, you're right. I mean, Clearly, by the priesthood already coming through Levi, in God's mind, it wasn't some new thing he was going to choose them with the golden calf incident.
4: Because it just confused me, like Reuben and Simeon did bad things and so they're kind of like forgotten and dispersed, but Levi and Judah also did bad things.
1: And they are both blessed and raised up, you know? Yes. Well, I mean, mean, Levi did the same bad thing as Simeon. True. But God doesn't always give the same consequences to everybody, you know, even who do bad things. Now, there may be all kinds of reasons for that, and we may not even know. But it's like, one of these turned out to be really kind of a curse, for real. The other one was almost a blessing in some ways. Mm -hmm. You know? So God can, I'd say that's a matter of the grace of God. That he can take this punishment and actually bring good for Levi out of it.
3: But you could see how it would still be a, not a favorable situation to divide the tribes. Alright, go to your cities, leave well, the rest of your people.
1: And, and, and the Levites were dependent on the mercy and generosity of the people to a great extent for their food, their income. Which wasn't always that good a situation, you know. As, long as the people were generous, they were good. All right, other comments or questions on Simeon and Levi? I right, 8 to 12.
4: Judah, your brother shall praise you. Your hand shall be on the neck of your enemies. Your father's son shall bow down to you. Judah is a lion's whelp. From the prey, my son, you have gone up. He couches, he lies down as a lion, and as a lion, who dares rouse him up? The scepter shall not depart from Judah, nor the ruler's staff from between his feet, until Shiloh comes, and to him shall be the obedience of the peoples. He ties his fold to the vine, and his donkey's colt to the choice vine. He washes his garments in grape, in wine, and his robe, his robes in the blood of grapes. His eyes are dull from wine, and his teeth white from milk.
1: Why? Uh, a more interesting and uh, more positive uh, pronounce, pronouncement here about Judah. Remember what the name Judah had to do with? Praise. Praise. And what does he say about Judah? You'll be praised. Yeah, you'll be praised because you are going to dominate your enemies, your brothers will bow down to you. And what does he compare, what animal did he compare Judah with? A lion, wonder why. What do you think of what do you think of a lion? The leader might the leader might, king of the jungle. Yeah. And then he says, the most important verse perhaps, the scepter shall not depart from Judah, nor the ruler's staff from between his feet until Shiloh comes. Now, he's say he's making Judah the what kind of a tribe? If, you, if you've got the scepter and the ruler's staff, what, are you, what tribe are you going to be? King. The kingly tribe. That's exactly right. He's saying that the kingship is going to belong to Judah. This is, this is almost the passing out of the blessing. You know, because the blessing would involve the kingship leading up to Jesus. And that's what Judah gets. He's the fourth born, but he's the first one that he didn't have something negative to say about.
3: Another instance where he, he pronounced the, then basically saying the kings will come from Judah, but initially there wasn't even a king. You're right, yes. So it wasn't later that he decides, okay, let's have kings from Judah mm-hmm. because of David being such a great person. Yes. Well, he had already decided back here, except we see a hint of it in this, in this case.
1: Yes, Exactly. Yeah, the Lord's got everything worked out. I don't think anything ever really catches him by surprise or anything.
4: <laughs> so does Judah get like the land promise and the people promise, you know, like the promises?
1: Yes, uh, to some extent, shared with the the nation. But yes, Judah becomes this special lineage leading down to the Messiah.
4: Even though he'd already said to Manasseh and Ephraim that Abraham and Isaac, like their names are going to live on in them.
1: Yeah, not just in them, though.
4: Okay. Like, that
1: wasn't passing on the special... No, evidently not.
4: Well, I would take
3: that to mean their names will live on in them as they do in the other tent.
1: Right. Oh,
2: okay. Okay. So does Shiloh have something to do
1: with the Messiah? Well, here's the problem. This is really a tough passage. For one thing, we're not sure how it should be translated. You know that the he won't the sceptre and ruler's staff won't depart from from Judah until Shiloh comes. This could mean until the one comes to whom it belonged, or maybe until tribute payment comes to him. <laughs> it's a lot of possibilities. But look in the New American Standard, uh, the margin. One possibility: until he comes to whom it belongs. And I think that might be the best explanation that. The scepter will continue with Judah until the one comes to whom it belongs, which is talking about the Messiah. And, and to him shall be the obedience of the peoples. You know, the nations would submit to the Messiah. So I think until Shiloh comes, whatever it means is a reference to Jesus, but I think it may be better to translate it until the one come to whom comes to whom it belongs. So they're going to be the kingly tribe until Jesus comes. And then obviously he has dominion over whatever he chooses
2: sense because the way it reads it's almost like you know well judah's going to rule until this point and then it's going to stop
1: right i think until the one comes in judah that will establish the eternal kingdom
2: so it's going to continue it's just going to be a different type
1: right i think so and and particularly and to him shall be the obedience of the peoples i think has to be jesus that that the peoples the nations the gentiles would submit to him This is a pretty key promise here, pretty uh, enlightening prophecy, especially this early on in Old Testament history. He also, in verse 11, he ties his foal to the vine and his donkey's colt to the choice vine. What does that tell you? First of all, what kind of vine? Grape. Grape. I think that's the best. So, what would you say if you saw, saw some guy who'd who tie, tie his foal and his colt to to a choice vine of his? Maybe use that as kind of you know how they do. I forget what you call this. What do you call when you've got like a something in the ground and you got your dog chained to it? Steak. Like a stake. Like a Yeah. Maybe maybe think of something like that. This to use a, a grapevine as a stake for an animal. A you know, horse or something. Means
4: you're rich.
1: Means you're rich because
4: you have lots of vines. To y- spare. Well,
1: yeah, and grapes, because <laughs> I'm assuming. Right. Uh, <laughs> yeah, probably the uh, animal would help themselves. Uh, so, so it's just like wow, that you—that's pretty amazing. Grapes, grapevines being so abundant, they're used for hitching posts, and uh, you know, the, then he says, and he washes his garments in wine and his robes in the blood of grapes. Besides the fact that might not give them quite the color we associate with cleanliness, but but what else does that show? It's a lot of grapes. Yeah, man. If you can use those as wash water, you're pretty rich. <laughs> I remember, I doubt that Debbie remembers this, but we used to have, uh, you know, a couple of employees that that work full-time in our landscaping business, and one of them was during the time that we had uh, the the chickens. We had 5,000 caged laying hens. And the employee had the right to all the eggs they wanted and so forth. Well, (laughs) we had plenty. Uh, They started, uh, you can wash your hair in egg whites. And I think they did. (laughs) Uh, You know, I, that might seem gross to you, it doesn't exactly seem appetizing to me, but if you wash your head in egg whites I guarantee you, you got access to a lot of eggs. <laughs> you know, I mean, if you're, if you're using grape juice as your wash water, you must be overrun with grapes. And the point is, they're so prosperous. It, it'd be like saying equivalent today is, you know, ah he's so rich he lights cigarettes with $20 bills. You know, like, wow, you know, you got enough of those around that you use them to light your, your cigarette. Uh, or, you know, maybe use them for kindling in the fireplace or something like that. Man, that guy is uh, a little too wealthy. So it's just saying, this tribe, not only will they be the kingly tribe, they'll be greatly prospered. God is really favoring Judah. And Judah does get to be the, the almost the, the dominant tribe in many ways. You know, certainly being having the kingship and and we really had already seen judah starting to be more prominent among the brothers and that just continues from here on out Um, uh, let let me go ahead and read i think this would be helpful if you haven't read this uh these first two verses of first chronicles five this is an unusual place to find this And so it's interesting. Now the sons of Reuben, the firstborn of Israel, for he was the firstborn, but because he defiled his father's bed, his birthright was given to the sons of Joseph, the son of Israel, so that he is not enrolled in the genealogy according to the birthright. Though Judah prevailed over his brothers and from him came the leader, yet the birthright belonged to Joseph. So that's saying Judah was the leader, the blessing goes through Judah, the birthright goes to Joseph. So there's a distinction in the family, at least at this point, between the birthright and the blessing. Joseph got the birthright, Judah got the blessing.
4: Same as Jacob and Esau with the birthright and the blessing. Except
1: Jacob ended up with both of them, but yes, exactly. Yeah.
4: Like that was the distinction.
1: I think so. I think there are two distinct things, even though typically the first one would have them both. So if you trace the lineage of Jesus, it goes Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Judah. All right, questions or comments uh, through verse 12.
3: There's got to be some more uh, symbolism there in 11 and 12 with uh, the foal of the donkey and with his robes dipped in blood. I mean, we see those things later. I don't know exactly what to make of that, but...
1: Yeah, you're probably right about that. I hadn't really thought about that much, but I think you're probably right.
3: And the vine.
1: Yes, definitely all those are important images
2: I was just thinking about in the gospel accounts didn't Jesus tell the disciples to go find a donkey that was tied up and bring yes. it for the Lord to use and then shortly thereafter you know he washed their garments or well no, the, yeah, he washed their feet, their feet but yeah mm-hmm. and then you know kind of used the fruit of the vine in his supper you oh, know that's just kind of interesting mm-hmm
1: yeah, that, that is. I mean, certainly he's using images that are going to be a part of uh, Judah's lineage later on. <laughs> maybe, there's, maybe you could do some specific things with that. I suspect you probably could. All right. Uh, we are actually working through these um, mother by mother or wife by wife, if you prefer. So we have been working on the sons of Leah. That will continue. Uh, though we're not in numerical sequence of the sons now. Because Leah had numbers 1, 2, 3, and 4. And then... when it been Levi, Judah, and 10? That's what I thought. I think 1, 2, 3, 4, 9, and 10 were Leah's. Pretty sure that's right. So 9 and 10 is uh, verses 13
3: to 15. Zebulun shall dwell at the seashore, and he shall be a haven for ships, and his flank shall be toward Sidon. Issachar is a strong donkey, lying down between the sheepfolds. When he saw that a resting place was good, and that the land was pleasant, he bowed his shoulder to bear burdens, and became a slave at forced labor.
1: All right, so Zebulun not a lot here. You associate Zebulun with? A donkey. No. Not here.
3: That's Issachar, yeah. yeah. Ships. Yeah,
1: ships. <laughs> Zebulun being the shipping associated with the sea. Issachar's the donkey. Yes. Yeah, and uh, can you can you pick up anything on Issachar's nature and character here in 14 and 15? Sounds lazy. Yeah. Well, yeah. Except, in a way.
3: Yeah, except he bore, he bore the burden.
1: Yeah. Yeah, he shoulders the burdens. He becomes a slave. Almost looks to me like he wants peace over liberty. You know, he's he's willing to just do whatever it takes to keep people happy. Maybe I don't know, but Issachar, I mean, again. What special role did Issachar have among the tribes? I can't think of anybody in particular that came from Issachar. I mean, some of the tribes, would just know all sorts of things about them. Some of these tribes didn't end up being all that significant. And from, from what's said about Issachar here, you can kind of see that. All right, comments and thoughts through 15. All right, next we're going to look at the children through the handmaid um, they're going to be mixed up somewhat uh, but um, 16 to 21
2: Dan shall judge his people as one of the tribes of Israel Dan shall be a serpent by the way an adder in the path that biteth the horse heels so that his rider shall fall backwards I have waited for thy salvation O Lord Gad, a troop shall overcome him, but he shall overcome at the last. Out of Asher his bread shall be fat, and he shall yield royal dainties. Naphtali is a hind let loose. He giveth goodly words.
1: Okay. What do you learn about Dan? Judge. He'll judge the peoples. Do you remember a judge that came from Dan? Samson. Samson? Yeah. He was from Dan. What else do you learn about Dan? Dan.
3: Like a snake, just like Simpson.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, kind of cunning and fierce, but little. Um, that you know, some of these blessings don't exactly sound like you know what you'd like to be said about you. And what would you say about the tribe of Dan as a whole?
2: Failure.
1: Yeah, they really were. They were the only tribe we know of that absolutely did not take the land. Take their land at all. Were, and, and finally, just found an easier spot, you know, clear away from the territory God gave them, that secure, peaceful city of Laish They went up there. You remember when they when they went up there to conquer Laish, because that was going to be easier. They managed to uh, bring uh, some religious inventory with them that they got from where. Remember that. Yeah, they picked up a priest and a. Mm-hmm. The idol? Yeah, they picked up the priest and and various idols and images from where? From whom? Well, that, Micah. Micah! And what was the priest's name for the $64,000 question? Jonathan. Good. Very good! Well, sorry. <laughs> so, uh, there's, there's your $64,000. <laughs> 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 yeah, I Thank I, I thought I'd get you on that one. Yeah, uh, but that so there was, you know, they start out practically with an idolatrous, you know, worship sanctuary with a with a kidnapped priest. You know, I guess not exactly kidnapped. <laughs> he seemed pretty happy about the idea eventually. Bribed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. offered yeah. him, money yeah. and uh,
2: you know
1: income and stuff. There's a priest that sells out to the highest bidder. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so. And, and it goes downhill from there for Dan spiritually. I mean, you remember what other big thing was in Dan? The golden calf. The golden calf, Dan and Bethel. That was a perfect place to put the golden calf. I mean, you know, I had plenty of history of worshipping idols, so why not choose Dan? So I, I would consider Dan almost the worst failure of all the tribes. And then Gad... This is actually one extended Hebrew pun. I used to have that in my notes, but I never knew how to pronounce it anyway. But it's all like bagadoo bogadim, bagadoo bugadim, or something. <laughs> <laughs> it's all it's all like that. It's all the same consonants. Um, and and it's a little hard to figure out what he's saying about Gad. Looks to me like he's saying that Gad won't be able to confront the army he will, frontally, he'll just you know, like do a little sniper action at his heels or something, I don't know but and this is only six words I think in Hebrew, so it's a little hard to know exactly what all this is meaning, and then Asher, uh, what do you see about Asher? Good food. Yeah, he eats well (laughs) we have some modern tribes of Asher around don't we? (laughs) and uh, then 21, what do you know about Naphtali?
3: Talks pretty.
1: Talks pretty and seems to enjoy the outdoors. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> seems to be the idea. And some of these, there's just not enough said. I'm not sure if I know what the real idea is or not. But you know, isn't it interesting? There are, of all these tribes, there are not many that do very much. I mean if you had the name. The important tribes in Israel in the in the history of the Old Testament. What tribes would end up being the most important tribes? Levi. Levi. Judah. But Levi's not even one of the twelve. So Judah. Benjamin. Benjamin. Ephraim. Ephraim. Judah.
4: We said that.
1: Yeah. Okay. You say Benjamin?
4: <laughs>
2: yes.
1: Yeah, Judah, Benjamin, Levi, Ephraim. What would be the next one? I would say, just in terms of being mentioned fairly often and seeming to have some role, probably Manasseh. I mean, if you take out those five tribes, there's not a whole lot in the Old Testament. What happened? Certainly not positively, successfully. Uh, those five are, are probably the big five. Because, I mean, you take Naphtali and Zebulun and, you know, Gad and Reuben and some of those guys. I mean, you just hardly hear from them. Issachar. There's a little bit here, there, in your honor. You can look at Judges 5, some of those tribes you mentioned in connection with Deborah's, uh, Barak's uh, defeat of the Canaanites. Well, but
4: Jesus went to, was it Zebulun and
1: Naphtali? He did. Up there in Galilee, the prophecy from Isaiah nine, yeah. So, but anyhow, that's uh, that's all the sons of the handmaids Bilhan, Zilpah. Comments and questions through twenty one. All right, twenty two to twenty six.
0: Joseph is a fruitful, bow, a fruitful bow by a stream. Its branches run over a hill. The archers bitterly attacked him and shot at him and harassed him, but his bow remained firm and his arms were agile from the hands of the mighty one of Jacob. From there is the shepherd, the stone of Israel. From the God of your Father who helps helps you and by the Almighty who blesses you with blessings of heaven above, blessings of the deep that lies beneath, blessings of the breast and of the womb, the blessings of your Father have surpassed the blessings of my ancestors to the utmost bound of the everlasting hills. Um, May they be on the head of Joseph and on the crown of the head of the distinguished one among the brothers.
1: All right. Now, in a sense, we've already blessed Joseph through the blessing in chapter 48 on uh, Ephraim and Manasseh. But he blesses him again here. And uh, he's a fruitful uh, bough, richly blessed with fruitfulness. He's strong, you know, even though he's been attacked, and he did have opposition throughout his life, but he's firm and agile. Uh, The mighty one of Israel, the shepherd, the stone of Israel uh, came from from, uh, associated with him. So God's giving him strength, Uh, God helps him, God blesses him greatly. God God just really has elevated and blessed Joseph, which would be his favorite son. Jacob's favorite son. Comments and questions on the blessing for Joseph. One more son, twenty seven.
0: Benjamin is a ravenous wolf in the morning, devouring the prey, and the evening,
1: dividing the spoil. So Benjamin's a wolf. What would that tell you? He's
2: fierce. Scavenger.
1: Yeah, likes to eat things. You know, kind of fierce. Um, And really, what leaders came from the tribe of Benjamin? Saul. Saul, the judge. Ehud. You see some good warriors in Benjamin. You also remember Benjamin was the tribe that almost got wiped out (laughs) at the end of the period of the Judges, or at least at the end of the book of Judges. Um, But Benjamin's leaders were great warriors. All right, anything you want to say on any of these through 27? All right, 28 to 33.
3: All these are the twelve tribes of Israel, and this is what their father said to them when he blessed them. He blessed them, every one with a blessing appropriate to him. Then he charged them and said to them, I am about to be gathered to my people. Bury me with my fathers in the cave that is in the field of uh, Ephron, the Hittite, in the cave that is in the field of Machpelah, which is before Mamre, in the land of Canaan, which Abraham bought along with the field from Ephron, the Hittite, for a burial site. There they buried Abraham and his wife Sarah. There they buried Isaac and his wife Rebekah. And there I buried Leah. The field and the cave that is in it purchased from the sons of Heth. When Jacob finished charging his sons, he drew his feet into the bed and breathed his last and was gathered to his people.
1: Alright, so um, this is kind of finalizing his blessing and his request that he be buried with his fathers in the cave that Abraham had bought Uh, Where Abraham was, Sarah was, Isaac was, Rebecca was, Leah was. And uh, so he told them all that and he died. And so that's the life of Jacob. You know, had a pretty long, you know, colorful life. I mean, think about how much of this book Jacob spans. What chapter was he born in? Chapter 28 or 29? 25. Isn't that amazing? Born in chapter 25 and dies at the end of 49. So Jay, a lot of this book is a story associated with uh, Jacob. All right, any comments, comments or questions? So
3: how did he, How did Leah end up in the cave and, not, and why not Rachel?
1: Well, Rachel died in childbirth. On the way to somewhere. And so it, they appear, apparently buried her kind of where they were. I don't know.
2: I was just looking that up because that's interesting that he's buried with
1: Leah and not with. I know. Rachel. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, Le- Leah was buried in the family's ancestral tomb <laughs> or whatever, but, but Rachel was just buried where she, I think, was buried there where she uh, died in the childhood.
3: He gives them the exact
1: location of this place, too. <laughs> <He's never>
3: yep. <laughs> No doubt. In fact, I'll give you the coordinates. (laughs)
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, GPS would have been handy back then. Yeah. Go about halfway through the desert and turn (laughs) left.
2: Genealogy is so interesting to study, and someone pointed out recently to me. I mean, I knew this, uh, but I didn't really think about it from this perspective. You know, they said that uh, you know Jesus came through Leah. Really, because via Judah, because that's Judah correct. was Leah's yes, son. That's correct. And you you know, you always think that, well, I mean, it was Rachel that was the favorite. It was Rachel that was the one that she loved was. She was she was but Jacob's favorite, but. Yeah. but it's just interesting that, you know, Leah who was loved less or you know, hated as some translations rendered, was the one through whom Jesus came. Absolutely. And it's just really interesting to think about.
1: Yeah, good point. Very good. All right, why don't we go ahead and stop here and we'll save 50 for the next time. Uh, As far as the next time, I won't be here the next two weeks, then I can be the next week, as far as I know, uh, the day before Recharge Weekend, and then who knows after that. (laughs) Uh, The next week, if I'm not doing New York Camp, I'll be at Bargersville.